Matt Powers of the Permaculture Student, author, inspirer, all over the world of everything soil ecology, regenerative ag, and really the global visions of a hopeful future. Welcome to Hemp Barons. Thank you so much for being with us today, brother. Thank you, Joy. It's wonderful to be here. You have inspired me um, in so many directions and really lit the the spark in me for soil ecology. You are an academic and an educator of epic proportions, as well as a best-selling author. So your and your book, in fact, which is available on Amazon right now today. And of course, you can also buy it on Matt Powers' website at thepermaculturestudent.com. It's called Regenerative Soil, the Science and Solutions. And I love, of course, the real kind of subtitle on the cover, which is Build, Restore, Regenerate, and remediate. And of course, that's what hemp does. And that's what regenerative agriculture does. But I first want to start with an event that you do that is becoming an an annual event, which blows my mind because it's free to attend. And this year it is six days of programming and it's called Our Future. Folks can learn about it and register for free at r-future.world. And it's taking place from January 10th through January 16th. So when our listeners hear uh, this podcast, it will have started. And I am so honored and so pleased to be able to participate in it again this year, brother. First, let's start about and talk about our future and what's going on there. And then we'll unpack from there. Yeah, it's been so wild this year. We've got double the teachers that we had last year, and we actually had to expand to seven days. So it's seven full days now. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and last year, with your help and with many other amazing speakers' help, we talked about regenerative entrepreneurship, the many avenues in the hemp and cannabis world, but also mycology, regenerative farming, market gardening, fiber shed. I mean, we covered it all. And this year, it's going back to a lot of those experts, you included, and and bringing even more experts, bringing in some students of mine who have seen some amazing successes, and 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 even more mentors and peers to talk about what their their greatest vision, their most hopeful vision for the future, because you and I know, you know, I mean, if you've ever like worked with someone learning to drive a vehicle. Um, they can't look right there. They have to look where they're going. And race car drivers, it's extraordinarily serious. If they look at the wall, they hit the wall. So they have to look where they're going. <laughs> the increase in speed makes it vital. And and right now, with the speed of life increasing so much, we really need to look at the solutions, to look at the kind of world that we actually want to live in. And so we're, we're sourcing people who have one foot in that regenerative future, who can see, who are forerunners, who can lead us into that regenerative future. And so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of relief, a lot of excitement and enthusiasm, knowing what's possible, knowing, just, just, just to give you a preview, knowing like how powerful nature really is, knowing how big the carbon engine of the earth used to be so we can take all this down, knowing how the oceans actually can be healed and restored, knowing how the forests can be regrown because they are in certain places miraculously being regrown. 
So talking to the people who are there documenting, they're designing, they're installing in these places all over the earth, people who are regenerating the soil, people who are remediating the soils, cleaning up the ocean, cleaning up the water and the air, all these people are part of a movement to make the world a better place. And so this, this event is a way that we can come together from all the different niches of the mycology and the ocean and, and the desert and the hemp and, and all of all these different groups that we really need the detail because, you know, when we zoom out, it's such a big picture that we lose some of the detail come becomes a little, it becomes a little, you know, out of focus, but but that's why we need the individuals to come and tell the story together so that we get all those details locked in. And we also get up to date on how it's developing. I mean, these are sciences, so it's always developing, We're always learning more things. It exists outside of ourselves. So we're learning from it. We're learning from nature. And so that's why it's annual. Every year we're gonna learn new things. And this year we're gonna be talking about our visions. And I, I've never designed something like this before this is going to be an event where the actual audience gets to have a voice. Wow. Interactive. If it was in person, they'd come on stage, right? But we're going to have a social network attached, a free social network for the whole week so that people can share their voices. That is, and that it's that, that interactive and that networking, because what you have built with our future, and again, I, I love the play on words, because obviously we think our future, we think O-U-R, our possessive future, right? But it's our dash future, R for regenerative um, agriculture. It's a den of synergy. So the energy that that event created last week, this concentration of just these incredible souls and, and all of the beautiful, uh, eager and committed and dedicated and wanting to learn uh, participants and attendees, of which I, I think there were over 2000. How many people attended last week or uh, I'm sorry, last year? This was a huge event. Last year, we had almost 4000 people attend and I expected I expected to be much bigger this year. <laughs> wow. Amazing. And I, I guess what I was going to say is I, I remember I at last count, it was like 2000. But as usual, at the end, so many people, of course, uh, register um, at the end, which is w wonderful. Please register now. If you're listening, please go to r-future.world and register now uh, for this event. So I love that folks are going to be able to participate. And when we talk about our regenerative agriculture, certainly my audience, there are so many folks who are well aware of what regenerative agriculture culture is but i part of what i love about hemp is of course that we get to reach everybody hemp does not care where your politics are uh doesn't care what your religious beliefs are we are all in this together and, and so and so i have a huge wide audience so for those who aren't aware of what regenerative agriculture is just a basic and i love this it's certainly we have the, a global expert who who can uh elaborate or polish any any uh corners that need to be polished but I love this sort of definition by the Carbon Underground and the Regenerative Agriculture Initiative, which came out of CSU California State University in Chico. And that is regenerative agriculture describes farming and grazing practices that, among other benefits, reverse climate change by rebuilding soil organic matter and restoring degraded soil biodiversity 
resulting in both carbon drawdown and improving the water cycle. Uh, regenerative agriculture goes far beyond sustainable agriculture, folks. I, I, it's starting to get to where the word sustainable, it just doesn't do it anymore. We, we, sustainable is not good enough. We have the tools and the ability to create a world uh, and to create a culture and cities and civilizations that actually regenerate and they actually make the earth and, and our communities a more robust place. Um, and so what would you elaborate? It, it, what have I missed or what should be added around regenerative agriculture just as we set that foundation up for the audience? Well, you know me, I love, I love everyone when they, we start on the path, right? I support everyone for starting the path wherever you are, but I'm always trying to get to that next level, that next uh, level of understanding, the next depth, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I do have, <laughs> I do have something to say. And it's all those services that are being done, the carbon cycle, the water cycle improvements are being done by life. And so this idea that's pretty old, not a new idea, not not my idea, but living soil. This 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 concept that you know came out of the organic movement, came out of the composting movement. This is they are the linchpin. And so at a certain point, that language I believe is most properly is going to include microbiologically diverse and resilient, and I would say uh, plant growth promoting and immunologically stimulating. So microbes send signals to plants that cause them to go on the defense in such a way that it's like permanently different. And the way plants go on defense is they create nutrition. So the medicinal compounds, the essential oils, the antioxidants, those are all defense mechanisms. So, so very, very soon, I believe we're going to see that included. And it's so simple, right? It's something we've heard before. We understand that, you know, living soil, you need the biology in there, you need the life in there. But as we're getting deeper and deeper into all the different processes and services and interactions of soil roots and in between the minerals and water retention, it's the life. It's, it's, it's truly amazing. And, and we see that mirrored, you know, in, in people, we're talking about the microbiome of our bodies now. Um, and it's just this awareness that uh, we are not alone. Uh, we are covered and we contain and we are surrounded by life that does things for us that without we wouldn't be here. And it's that kind of honoring that we, 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 we're starting to learn again with plants, right? People, people figured out how powerful hemp is. And, and now they're, they're realizing that it's hemp with this consortium of amazing microbes. And, and I don't know if you saw very recently, it was, there was a study released research and we all knew this. And Paul Stamets, of course, the, the God of the mycelial kingdom in so many ways, um, who is right here near me. I'm in Seattle. He's in Olympia. We're both based out of Western Washington, uh, published this study. It wasn't his study, uh, but I, I learned about it through him that 
you know, the mycelial kingdom has intelligence, which is something, of course, that we all instinctively knew, those of us who are tuned into these things. But science has just proven that that the mycelial kingdom has intelligence. It has spatial awareness, all of these things. And so, and I bring that up because of what you just said, which is plants are evolving. These these medicinal compounds, these things that we use, this, this synergistic relationship, this ethnobotanical relationship that we have, humans and plants, um, that those are defense mechanisms, that they're evolving. And we we know that the, uh, the relationship that the mycelial world uh, has with plants and, and that the mycelial kingdom has intelligence. So that evolving is happening. And, and as I say it, could you help unpack you? You can teach these things to four-year-olds. You can teach them to highly degreed 29-year-olds. Can you unpack for our audience what I mean by, uh, for those who don't know what I mean by the mycelial kingdom, what's going on underneath the surface? Yeah. So the mycelial kingdom, that is the fungal kingdom that is under the underground in the soil. And my, mycelium is the the white mats that we see and they can be different colors they can be brown they can be clear but usually what we see is the white mats of mycelium and they're made of these individual threads called hyphae and actually what's really wild um is that mushrooms that are the fruit of that body the mycelial mat that forms in the soil the fruit of that body is the mushroom and out of the fruit comes the spores you know the seeds and, and, and it continues on until it finds another food source and begins again. But the mushroom itself is actually just made of the same exact material as that mat. So, so this is why, you know, truffle hunting, you know, dogs and pigs can find these, these mushrooms because it's not just the actual fruit. It's made of the same material as the fungal mat itself. So the land, the earth, it all smells like it. <laughs> and so this is a network of, of fungi that connects. It's not the saprophytes. The saprophytes are the decomposers. We love them. They're awesome. But they're not, they're not the mycelium that are connecting things that, that are the communication network. So there's this mycorrhizal fungi that lives on 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 the roots that is connecting and like there are fungal mats of all sorts there can be saprophytic uh fungal mats that are mycelium too i like the honeydew the the honey um, mushroom that's the largest physical body of any living thing on earth cover it's in the blue mountains of northern oregon that is a mycelial mat but it's not the communication network it's a parasite it's killing all those trees so it's not like communicating. <laughs> so it's not like the internet, which is what a lot of people call the mycelium. So to just differentiate those two camps, we have to understand that the internet of the soil are the mycorrhizal fungi, the ones that are actually communicating between the plant roots. And they can shuttle nutrients kilometers of distance. They can alert entire forests of something that's attacking the edge of the forest, uh, like a pest or a fungi or a disease. And through that alert, just to tie these concepts together, so the mycelial can alert the forest for a threat that is happening at the edges of the forest, and the forest, the plants in the forest, then 
react. Right. And they react with their defense mechanisms. That is this, this is going on. Correct. And that, but, but that's, that's the mycorrhizal side of it. And that's what almost everyone is talking about. Yes. But the flip side is that there's all these decomposers and parasitic mushrooms. We call them vocal fungi because most of the time they're trying to tell us something. If something's being taken over by fungi, something wrong with it. Fungi doesn't do that just because it only can get in and break things down if there's a fundamental problem or break in the armor of that plant. So it is one of the most fascinating things when you start to uncover it, because what happens is you begin to see these analog analogous relationships and, and metaphorical comparisons. You begin to see fungi as a metaphor for life and soil and all this relationship. I mean, plants are actually not, you know, the main source of food um, that they get from the soil is through the digestion and, and processing of the microbes. So just like in our bodies where we're taking in food and it's the microbiome in our guts that's breaking down the food and releasing the nutrition, that's the soil. It's literally what's going on in the soil. So we, we, we rely upon this mycelial network that is warning plants, feeding plants uniquely. And of course, bacteria is involved in this, archaea is involved in this. But if you don't have the fungi, you don't have the majority of the benefits and you don't properly sequester carbon at all. And sequestering carbon is literally the health of the soil because it's the, the black richness of the soil. It's the organic matter of the soil. And it's, and that is the bedrock for your life. So, and it's also actually the bedrock for your energy reserves. Oh, Hampo, I love thee. Let me count the ways. I'm sorry, when I hear you say carbon, I'm just like, ah, oh, hemp. Okay, continue. Yes, that is that is the life of the soil in so many ways. That is the that is the fuel for the car. Yeah, yeah. And it's also the context. Uh, organic matter, you know, I liken it this way. So the minerals, the rocks, the pebbles, all the stuff that's not living is kind of like the hardware of the computer. And then, and if you remember, I mean, you remember, I remember, Apple IIe's, they don't work without the floppy disk. And so it's like, <laughs> there's no OS, right? Operating system, that's the more modern terminology. And so it's like, without the organic matter, you have no operating system. And it's like, you're like going back in the stone ages. And that's how, you know, these farms are, are often operated. You know, they're like putting out all these chemical synthetic, you know, fertilizer and they're putting, and, and it's just an industrial operation. So we need to reverse all this. We need to reconnect people and we need to, to really help people because ultimately this is not about um, making people feel bad about what they're doing. This system of working with soil and farming is making so much more money. <laughs> um, the farmers don't have to wear hazmat suits. They get to enjoy their land like, like their, their, their grandfathers used to. You know, they get to walk their land. There's no time where it's like, oh, I can't go out now. It's poisoned. There's none of that. They get to be the stewards that they thought they were at the at the start of this. Whole and thing. build your soil and, and watch your farm gate builds. 
Watch, watch increased value in your crop. Watch increased revenue being generated. Now, not in a year, sometimes not in two years, but oh yeah, the, those seasons come, those seasons go. And the next thing you know, increased farm gate and beautiful soil. And people are figuring out that they can even, they can, they can winnow themselves off of all these things like right now. Like there are things you can do right now to just half your inputs. And so if you're like, I feel like that's such a big investment. I feel like it's like, actually, if you, you could half your inputs and make more money, like right now, um, a great a great person for, for those of you who um, wanna hear it from a farmer who uh, has done tens of thousands of tests. My good friend, John Kempf, uh, literally works with thousands of farmers doing this on the industrial thousand acre scale, you know, thousands of acre scale. So, um, and he's one of the peer reviewers in my book, Regenerative Soil. Uh, and uh, it's, it's amazing where we are now, because I'm, I mean, you, you remember how, how this has gone. We went from hoping the things that we were saying were true about cannabis and about, about compost and all these things. And then the science caught up with us and proved us right <laughs> and clarified some things, clarified some things, no doubt. But we've got the, we've got the evidence, we've got the science, and we've got the profitable examples. So it's like this is the moment, and with and, and with, of course, now the liberation of hemp from the sh unbelievable, outrageous shackles of the Controlled Substances Act, and now, of course, reclaiming its place in the broad light of day among America's other agricultural crops. And we understand what that, that crop specifically, and there are so many, but when we talk about building carbon drawdown, this is a carbon locking plant that just absorbs a tremendous amount. A, not all plants absorb carbon, guys. That, that, that is not a, a thing. Like, oh, gee, hemp absorbs carbon. Guess what? All plants absorb carbon, not news. Uh, there is a particular makeup of hemp. Hemp is, is it, hemp photosynthesizes, hemp absorbs, hemp deals with carbon in a different way than other plants do. That's simply the reality of it. On top of its tap roots, its unusually long tap roots, which also I believe not only help to build that organic material just by their sheer volume. Um, and of course we can go into their reach in terms of being able to reach other sources of water, etc. but just keeping it to soil ecology. I can't help but think just on an intuitive level. I do not understand the science of, of mycology, certainly the way that you do, and, or soil science the way that you do. But I, I, what has gotten me to this point in life has been both scholar uh, studying, scholarship, and, and also my intuition. And so I know that the relationship that that intelligent mycelia has with roots and these incredible roots of the hemp plant that have been deprived, the, the soil in the United States soil has not had that relationship since 1954, really, when the last hemp crops were grown. And those were grown because they were left over from, the, uh, from World War II, where we had to grow seeds, hemp for victory, because 
1937 Marijuana Tax Act had essentially taxed and regulated hemp out of existence. Um, but on top of it, we had World War II, where we were depending on hemp for all of the Navy's rigging and uniforms and sails and all of those things. And then Japan invaded Manila, which is where our hemp was coming from. We were, you know, getting it all from the Philippines. And then the USDA had to set up this hemp for victory. Uh, literally, it was a, a film with the 4-H clubs in 1942 begging farmers, even though just five years prior, the 1937 Marijuana Tax Act had, had uh, again, taxed and regulated the hemp out of existence. But meanwhile, now all of a sudden, five years later, the U.S. government, it finds itself in World War II and it needs the hemp. And Japan said, oh, we, we see that the United States needs hemp. So let's go ahead and, and invade Manila and make sure they can't get access to it. So then they literally, the USDA had to distribute hundreds of thousands of pounds of hemp seeds to hemp farmers who then created the fiber every year, some 42,000 tons, so that we could get through the war and eventually win the war, hemp for victory. And that was actually the name, Hemp for Victory. Folks can get on YouTube tonight and search Hemp for Victory. You will find the 1941 uh, film by the USDA. That's, that's what it was called. But in any event... The soil becomes deprived of this crop, of this crop that we have such a relationship with. I mean, we have an endocannabinoid system, for God's sake. <laughs> Human beings and cannabis are very closely related. Uh, then, it, so we're completely deprived, and now it's back. It's back with a vengeance, and people are farmers are farming this stuff, and and folks have been very concerned, of course, because those first few years, folks were just growing for CBD for extract, and as we discovered, it takes oh only a little bit of the crop to make a whole lot of CBD. So then we had farmers growing this biomass, this valuable biomass that they thought that they were going to make a bunch of money on. Those farms failed because uh, they couldn't sell their crop. It was a massive, massive overproduction. But we're seeing the infrastructure step by step coming in to process that long, strong stock, that beautifully nutrient-dense grain, that seed. Um, and we are seeing manufacturers. I mean, this is happening fast, Matt. This is happening very fast. Manufacturers coming in with interest. People going, how can I get this stuff on the gigaton, the metric ton? Um, but we need infrastructure to be able to process. But we talk to the processors right now who are processing the stock. They cannot, the minute it gets processed, it's out the door. So this is happening. The plant is going to be planted en masse at the thousands and thousands of acre scale, the hundreds and hundreds of that. We already did plant a couple of hundred thousand acres. We just didn't sell it all in the United States because again, it was more of this extract variety. But Point, bringing it home for you, brother. More hemp roots, more mycelial communicating with the hemp roots. I can imagine the, the, what is going to happen to these nature systems as this particular crop in particular increases so exponentially in its planting. Especially once we understand how the microbes can be creating the, the nitrogen within the plant itself. There's endophytes that live inside these plants. I mean, that was one of the key things I discovered years ago when you asked me to speak at that conference, those Canadian uh, hemp farmers. And at that point, it was like such a big discovery. It felt like, is this real? You know what I mean? I was so uncertain about it. And now it's like, well, that's just one of it, like dozens that I know. And so it's it, if we can just get these microbes into those 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 seeds, really, as they're being planted, they'll be all over the roots. 
They'll start the flywheel of regenerative change, remediation, and restoration in all the soils. And every single year that the farmer puts a crop in the ground, the soil will improve, meaning next year the crop will grow faster, mature earlier, have more fruits, you know, depending on what, or, or more flour, right? Um, or, or higher terpenes or higher oil content, uh, fat content, uh, higher brick level. Well, for protein, 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 I'm all about the grain. I mean, yeah, I mean, I love me some hemp extract, don't get me wrong, but I'm an oil seed and fiber girl. Right. And, and so we're talking about something that is the exact geometric opposite of what's been happening for the past 10,000 years. Every single year, the soil gets worse. Every single year, our crops are less nutrient dense. And there's tons of studies on this. It depends on what we're talking about. I mean, dairy, in some cases, that's 90% less nutritious. It's shocking. It's just like, why? Just emptiness, just filling our bodies with empty, going through motions of of creating these products, a, a red tomato that has no nutritional value. What is the point of the red tomato? And you And we wonder why people consume empty entertainment and feel like they have no meaning in life because their habit is to feed on stuff that makes them hungrier. Talking about like the hungry ghost, right? It's like, this is what's going on. So it's like, we need to nourish ourselves on meaning and purpose, connection, regeneration, and 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 really care. You know, that's what permaculture is, right? Care for the earth, care for people, and care that goes on into the future. So much so. And, and in fact, um, and I also just as to wrap up, of course, the increase in farm gate and the improvement in your crop as you improve your soil, as we get even just outside of nutrition and those things that we can ingest, hemp, of course, being the fiber of all fiber crops. We may start to see, I'm sure we will, improve tensile strength. Now, the hemp cellulose is, of course, second to graphite whiskers and carbon nanotubes. We're only second to those two things, which are in terms of strength and surface area. Uh, and so I think we would also see improvements there as well. I mean, I, I think that everything that this plant does, and that all plants do, I guess is what I'm saying, but it's specific to hemp. I, my, I see the world through hemp eyes. You know I do. We really are talking about taking a plant that is already the most versatile, valuable, strongest, tallest, longest fiber out there and nutrient-dense grain uh, and, and improve it. It's just, it's just incredible. Now, for permaculture, it's true. We talked a little bit about regenerative agriculture and that definition. Permaculture is something that I, I, I like to be able to describe to folks. Plenty of folks listening right now know what it means. But for those who don't, I think of, and, and I, there's a great definition that I, that I really do love, but how I explain it sort of free form, and believe me when I tell you, Matt is going to explain his as well, is, you know, nature doesn't make mistakes. Nature is out there doing nature's thing and it's perfect. It adjusts, it modifies itself. It, it works, uh, absolutely efficiently with everything around it. Um, and, and so those systems in which nature works, those beautiful tools that work so complementary with each other and, and the communication of all of it, we can, we just need to mimic those systems, this, 
we need to, to mimic systems that nature uses in the way we work our world as humans. So meaning, meaning we want to take action in a world that allows us to create a permanent culture. So not just permaculture as it as it relates to agriculture, but economics, education, legal permaculture. I often use them like, oh, that is economic permaculture. And hemp, of course, lends itself so much to that because it's really through cooperative systems that they that we're going to be able to deliver on the dream of hemp um, in terms of equipment and all of those things. We're going to need to cooperate. So basically, nature doesn't make mistakes, it adapts. It works together efficiently. We need to, as humans, adopt those same systems. Basically, to me, that's what permaculture is. Can you please elaborate, master educator of permaculture? I would agree with that definition, that um, us getting into that feedback loop of iteration and constant like micro course correction that, because it's like the way that, flocks of birds fly is it's actually it looks like they're all just deciding as one but it's all this micro communication and it's democratized actually and so we we really need to get into the flow of what nature is doing in our in our in our area and our region and everything because we're going to be able to download more information we're going to be able to interact with nature in in ways that we couldn't before so permaculture is rooted in that observation, is rooted in understanding our place in nature, understanding our place as not just stewards, but as 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 catalysts uh, for that for that iteration of nature, for that um, that adaptation effect. And that's why we we're plant breeders. That's why we um, modify landscapes like beavers do. And and so. It's stepping into that role with eyes open and saying, this is, I'm choosing to make ethical choices that are going to care for the earth, care for people and care for them on into the future. That is what, that is what permaculture really is. Creating a, creating a culture that's sustainable indefinitely and base and becomes more abundant over time. Right. Cause the, those three ethics caring for the earth, well, that's the, the basis of all economy. That's the basis for all of our resources, you know, everything, everything comes from there. And so, and then caring for people, well, that's the harmony in our cultures. That's education. That's our, our ability to transmit information onto the next, you know, the next stage uh, of, of civilization, all these kinds of things that we kind of, it feels like we, we lost, we lost the thread somewhere. Um, it feels like in the past couple of decades. And it's like, we need to get back to basics, who we are, what we really care about, what this life's about. It's like, we only have a limited time here. It's like, I, I, I honestly don't think people w get from taking. I don't think they get anything from, from being takers. And I think that there's a world of people who are stuck in this, this, this hungry ghost mentality and they're empty and they're just desperate, desperate to find something to fill them. And what's, what's so powerful is that when we start living in that care, we start connecting to nature, we start connecting to our communities, and we start seeing the actual good that comes from that, it changes who we are. 
And that's what this conference, our future is all about. That's what my work is all about. Uh, I know that's what your work is all about. And that's what, you know, hemp really is all about too. Hemp is a vehicle for change. It's a plant that itself carries so many benefits, but it's holistic and it's a lesson in and of itself. Like we could be like fungi, we could be like hemp. We could be the steward, stewards that are intermediaries between all things that facilitates the greatness of all things. And I think that and that that is where our greatness is found. Why is it ever? And and there's so many different revolutions happening at once, but this revolution of consciousness, which is in so many ways, you know, when we say consciousness, it's a head thing, but it's also a heart and soul thing. And that emptiness that you discuss, that you know, there is no life without purpose. I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I have just a tremendous compassion. I'm, I ask myself the question and again, and I do it with, with total compassion and wanting to bring people in. I just think to myself, what, if you're not working on a movement, like what, what, I'm sorry, but what, what's your reason for, for being alive again? And I don't mean, I mean, I feel weird even saying that, but like, what is the reason to live? What is the reason to manifest in a physical body and, and walk about this incredible e experiment, which is the, which is the earth plane where we can be physical? Um, what is the purpose of being here? If, if not to make the world a better place. Um, and so I think more and more people are getting less comfortable with their emptiness and are deal. There were those who were are being less comfortable and who are just, you know, going to manifest some illness, I suppose. And then there were those who were like, I've got to deal with this discomfort. How can I not feel empty? I want to belong. I want to have purpose. Why am I here? And how can I contribute to making the world a better place? And brother, this, our future conference, um, everything that you do so much, I mean, the amount of resources and value that you give on social media and, and folks, and, and you've got a, a social media a platform as well. I mean, there were so many things that you do. And, and if you want to talk about that in, in a second, we certainly can. Um, this conference is such a gift to the whole planet because it's free and it's open to the entire globe. Um, and I love that we're expecting again, even more than the 4,000 registrants from last year. Um, but this is how we can get people to really plug in and get inspired and realize they are not alone. And that is just the most, I think, important thing is to, is to get folks to realize we're all thinking the same thing. Let's get together. Uh, let's network. Let's inspire one another and then see how we can move about this, this planet and, uh, and deliver on the dream that I so believe in and that you're so much a huge part of. Thank you, Joy. Well, folks can go to r-future.world. You can sign up. It's a free conference. It's on my Kajabi course platform. So you got to register and stuff, but it's a free purchase. So you can sign up. Everyone's, it, there's no obligation to pay anything ever. It's a free week. And you can sign up into the social network at the same time. And it's, it, I've designed it actually so that it's pre-recorded. So, well, for the most part, well, we have live giveaways every afternoon at, at four o'clock or three o'clock central time. And the networking is live. Right, 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 right. And so you can, you can be talking to everyone in the social network the whole time. It's all open. You can go late into the night all you want. But the videos, I, we, I wanted them specifically pre-recorded so that every day I'd release them in a batch. And then 
whether you can that morning watch them or that afternoon or that evening or the next day, you can. And there's the Kajabi app. And that's why I put it on my, my, my platform, my course platform, because you can now take it with you everywhere you're going on the commute. You can be listening to it. You can be watching it. It's really about giving people access to this in the way that works for them and getting the message out there and then giving them the ability to echo it back in their own way, in their own voice, in their own pattern and style so that they can start embodying it and they can start making those steps. They can find their peers and to, to network and find the support that they need to make those changes, find the feedback, find the information, find the teachers. It's, it's all there. Um, we've got people like Dr. Elaine Ingham, uh, Soil Food Web School, amazing. She's one of my, 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 soil, my soil mentors. We've got, we've got Dr. Brian Von Herzen, the ocean regeneration expert, the, the creator of marine permaculture, the fastest drawdown carbon pathway ever. We, we have so much to hope for. The, the engine of the carbon cycle has been shrunk, but the potential, we have only snippets in the histories of the way the world once was. They don't teach it in schools. They talk about miles and miles, hundreds of miles of, of kelp forests off the coast of the West Coast, extending from the top of North Cali Northern California all the way down to Mexico. Such a big deal that uh, you couldn't navigate through it well. It was a hazard. We're talking about a world that was so thick with vegetation, so thick with life and fish. I mean, they talk about the fish that they saw off the coast of New England when they were first arriving. They couldn't believe it. There seemed to be an unlimited supply, an impossible supply. And so that's what the world really has in store for us if we just do our part. We're sitting on the hose and, 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 and we're holding it up and it, we're seeing this big bulge happen. We're like, oh my word, look at this bulge. You're sitting on the hose. And so we just got to get off the hose, get out of the way and then direct where the water goes and everything's going to be great. So come feast upon hope, inspiration, real pathways, proven pathways to regenerate our world. It's free, everyone's included. It's a lot of fun. There's gonna be giveaways. We're, like for instance, we have, a, uh, during the Myco panel, we're gonna have a whole gift basket with like uh, a mushroom block that you can go black reishi on. And yeah, yeah, tons of different tinctures and stuff. So it's gonna be unbelievable. So tune in for that. Tune in for the lives, especially because for the giveaways, um, but but sign up and catch the catch the uh, all the videos. You can watch all the videos, even if you're showing up late halfway through. All these videos are only 20 minutes or so long so that you can fit them in. God, and I'm looking, I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, these 50 speakers, just incredible. This is just so awesome. And, and folks, I'm going to ask a couple other questions of Matt before we part, because I want to make sure that everyone understands exactly what he does and how to access um, his courses. Uh, and, but so do you, don't get lost in it. Know that you can certainly go to Hemp Barons at podconnects, P-O-D-C-O-N-X.com. And we will have all of these URLs there uh, for Matt, but in terms of making sure that you register right now, go to r-future.world. Now, Matt, 
for the permaculture student, um, can you just explain to the listeners as we as we come to the end of our time here together today, uh, how what courses you offer, how they can get to you or, or register? Is it an on-demand? Uh, are they timed courses? Something like that, because man, the, the uh, curriculum that you offer is just tremendously educational. Of course, you offer it for a range of ages, if you could also awesome. discuss that. Yeah, per, the permaculturestudent.com. So ourfuture.world has no www. Just type in r-future.world. But for permaculturestudent.com, you're going to want to put the www dot in front and in front of that. And I've got courses. I originally was a high school teacher. So I created the first K through 12 curriculum for permaculture. And then I started creating adult learner curriculum and collegiate level curriculum. So I've got gardening courses. I've got free gardening courses. I've got courses for children, courses for high school learners. I've got the first accredited permaculture course in North America uh, by a government body. So British Columbia high school students can actually get their PDC and get triple science elective credit at the same time. <gasps> PDC folks being permaculture design course. Wow. Yeah, yeah, their certification. So they can get certified at all this stuff while they're still in high school. Uh, I, I, I was a high school teacher. I know how smart kids are. I mean, remember they do calculus in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. So I give them a lot of credit. Um, and so and so I designed all these courses for them. And, and then I started teaching um, adults and I started teaching gardening. And so I've got a whole array of courses in the past most recent years, I've been doing courses specifically around soil. So regenerative soil is, is one of my most popular courses. We're reprising it this March. It's, if you work with soil in the garden and the farm, in the orchard, uh, even, you know, on, on a ranch, um, you're going to want to know the information in regenerative soil, whether you get it through my course or an ebook, or you find out from one of my students, it's a new paradigm in soil science. Uh, there's a whole other side to pH that wasn't ever considered. There's all these microbes that are specific. It's not just bacteria and fungi. I mean, they're individuals. They are families and then individuals within these families that are of primary concern. And so we're at a completely different place with all that. And so I've, I've had to create tons of curriculum and I, I still am now I'm doing DNA sequencing on compost and compost teas, as well as creating new protocols for my, microscopy around soil. So I, I'm, I'm deeply steeped into all this and I love it. And I'm working on, on large research projects with different groups of people. So. If you're interested in that kind of thing, you can go to regenerativesoilscience.com. Uh, no www on that one either, uh, and and that's there as well. If you want to check out my advanced course, my my uh, most well attended course, my largest community, you can go to www.advancedpermaculturestudent.com, and and, and th there there's an incredible community there. So I designed my courses so that they're both self paced and and then there are also communities and then i also have a live session so every year we either once or twice a year we run through the whole course together but i also leave it always open and i always focus on it being a community and i don't i don't kick people out you know what i mean it's like it's you've had your three months goodbye sir no i don't do that 
Because yeah. I mean, how do we really learn? It's usually over time. It's usually in discussion and application and then tinkering through that application. So different kind of thing over there, but it's a lot of fun and a lot of, uh, it's a lot of care. I love it. I, I feel like it's my, my safe haven on the internet uh, because uh, people really know each other. People really care and they're from all over the world. It feels like uh, the way the world should be. Ah, thank you for creating the world the way it should be, for being such a huge part of that, Matt. You amaze me, brother. I cannot wait for our future. I am just so pleased to be a part of it um, and to be a part of your life. I can't wait to do more things with you, and I am so excited. I got the email today about your plans for 2022, uh, your goals, all of those things. I cannot wait to watch all of it unfold. You never cease to amaze, Matt. Until next time, and we will have you on again. Thank you so much for being with us on Hemp Barons today and for everything you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodCon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at The Talking Hedge podcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.